Okay, guys. Hey, thank you. My name is Bob Crotty. I have the privilege of uh, leading Summit, and uh, um, I want to start by saying thank you to a number of guys, starting with this guy who's been up here and had some of his guys up here leading us in worship. So, John Abel, thank you for leading us well. We've got a really fun morning ahead of us, and let me say a couple of more thank yous to the guys back in the uh, booth. Uh, Tom and Josh, thanks for making sure that we don't have feedback and we do have uh, sound up here. I don't know about y'all, but I think this has been one of the best summits that we've had uh, with Tommy Nelson's book and a uh, host of really great speakers. So uh, hand a round of applause for our speakers. And then there are a bunch of guys behind the scene, uh, Corey Cheek and his welcome team, our greeters, the guys especially out in the parking lot, been led this time by uh, our residents, Jeff Grandy and Mark Bella, grateful for you guys. And most of all, I am grateful for Angie Mosier, who makes all of Summit happen. So thanks to all those. A couple of months ago... Uh, um, the community team called and said, hey, we've got a bunch of young guys that would like to be discipled by guys that have been in the faith a little bit longer than they have. And uh, um, what do you think about that? And so we've sat down, and over the last couple of months, we've put together uh, some ideas about how can we take a group of guys who uh, are seeking to do what uh, this church is all about, our mission is to be and make disciples. How can we do that in a way that makes it easy? And so what you're going to hear about today from our community team is kind of a pilot project. I volunteered you guys to be the guinea pigs to test this project to see, hey, how can we go about? Everything we do is about discipleship. Uh, but this is an opportunity to really kind of get some specialized coaching, if you will. And some of you are sitting there saying, well, wait, I don't need to be uh, a discipler. I need to be discipled. Well, this is for you, too. And so I want to bring up uh, my friends um, uh, Joe Daly and Blake McJunkin and give them a chance to tell you about what's in store. So welcome, guys. Glad to have you here at Summit, and uh, it's going to be a fun morning. Thank you, Bobby. Hey, well, good morning. Thank you so much for having us this morning. Like Bobby said, my name is Joe Daly. I serve on the uh, men's community team here at Watermark. And uh, yeah, we're excited to spend some time with you this morning to, to talk about discipleship. And so one thing we want to do just before, before we even start to kick it off is say, hey, what do we mean by discipleship? Because if you guys have been coming to Watermark for a while, we say it all the time, and, and appropriately so. You know, Todd says, hey, we are all about being and making disciples. And in everything we do is about discipleship. And so we fully agree with, with both of those statements. And so this morning, we're going to talk about really a, a specific or maybe more specific uh, definition of discipleship, and that just being older men and younger men meeting together on a consistent basis, you know, for the purpose of, of growth and godliness through, you know, scripture intake and other spiritual disciplines. And so while, while Regen can be discipleship, the porch, equip disciple, summit, there's all sorts of different ways we are, we are being and making disciples here. And so if you're doing some of those things, awesome. You know, we, we're so glad you 
who are. And then we just want to create another platform, you know, like Bobby said, to connect older and younger men at the church. And so part of our job, you know, we've got over 150 uh, men's community groups here at Watermark. And so each group represents roughly eight, eight folks or so. And, uh, and, and constantly, Blake and I and, and Brandon, we're getting men that come up to us and say, hey, I'd love to be discipled. You know, based on that more specific definition, I'd love to have an, an older, more mature man of the faith disciple me and take me under his wing. And so we reached out to Bobby and said, man, how, how can we create a platform just to connect them? And, and we've been using some internal names, joking about what we'd call this. But, but at the end of the day, we, we just we want to connect people for the purpose of discipleship. And so my friend Blake here is going to talk to you guys just a little bit about a few of the scriptures that really inform why we want to do what we want to do. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, like he mentioned, that's, that's the heart behind what we're wanting to do. We see in Scripture uh, a couple different places uh, where we're clearly commanded to, to go and make disciples. And so a couple of those you guys are probably familiar with, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Um, we, we, we see here, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, um, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to, always to the end of the age. At verse 20 there, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. That's where we come in. This is a clear charge we have to go and make disciples. We also see it in Second Timothy with Paul writing to Timothy. He says, hey, in chapter 2, the things you have seen and heard in me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach these things also. So this is a clear opportunity. This is a clear on-ramp for you guys if you are in that, that uh, Paul or the Timothy situation. We'd love to give you the opportunity to come and teach and uh, to be and make disciples. Here you go, Joe. And so, uh, so, so what, uh, again, talking about discipleship can mean a lot of different things. In my life personally, um, I, I, by the grace of God, came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior around the age of six or seven. Uh, and while I did grow, you know, from six, seven, up to 22, I was blessed with a, a great family, mom and dad who loved me, uh, heard I was loved often. Um, but yet there was a marked difference when I turned around 22 or so. There was a man that took me under his wing. And for about 18 months, he really, he showed me the way to, to read my Bible, how to, uh, how to treat others, how to work, how to serve, and, and all these different things. And in those 18 months now, in hindsight, I can look back and say, man, there was a marked difference in my life and in my growth with Christ when this older, wiser, more mature man just took me under his wing and started teaching me uh, more specifically the way of the faith. And so I, I'm sure that's the story of maybe some of you, if not many of you. And so that, again, that's what we want to continue to to promote and just make that as easy of an on-ramp as possible, you know, here at Watermark. And so so next, I'm going to uh, call my friend uh, Scott Coy up to the stage. Scott is a, a former elder of Watermark. He's been here since the beginning. Uh, we now get the privilege of serving with him on the community team. He's a married community director. And so Scott and I are just going to spend a, a few minutes up here talking back and forth about uh, just the role discipleship has played in his life, this, this more specific definition. And so, Scott, first off, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. Joe, thanks for having me. I guess I get to play the role of the older guy. Well, I To mean, the older guys in the crowd, welcome. Good morning to you. And Scott, to be clear, you called yourself the older guy, not me. So. Uh, yeah, just to be safe. I know, that was good. Joe. So first off, Scott, when, uh, man, when did you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Well, Joe, that's a great question. It's a good lead question. Uh, and a lot of you guys know some of my story, having been around here as long as me. But uh, my, my journey uh, started just across the street over here in Richardson, Texas, when uh, as a senior in high school, I came to know Christ through a Young Life program. And Young Life was a huge, huge piece of my whole journey and all the aspects of 
Blake and Joe have been talking about as well is just God's instrument in my life. God's instrument in my life about discipleship, about mentoring, and even about what serving was all about. And it was that whole uh, genesis in my young life days that even gave me a big part of the vision and passion I have for what we, what, what we call Watermark now. That a lot of the things that we do in young life had a lot to do with the way those, those guys loved me back in those days. That's awesome. So, hey, what role has discipleship played in your life personally? Well, guys, I don't know that I certainly do not suffer from terminal uniqueness, but I, I was very fortunate to be one of those guys that uh, Christ got a hold of in what was a very, uh, it was a period known as the Jesus movement. It's one, I mean, historians will look back at the time of the very late 60s to the mid to late 70s as one of the revel, the uh, revivals in America. It will go in with that revival prior to the Civil War. It'll go, uh, it'll have its place in history. It was the Expo 72 that we had in Dallas that is now where the uh, uh, Woodall Rogers is. That that whole area was a grassway that they had nothing but concerts and people preaching the gospel and they had a lot of stuff over at the Cotton Bowl. Well, I was one of those 18-year-olds who got caught, had the privilege of being in that and God, God captured. And um, it was pretty interesting because we were coming out, my age, there was a lot of, hey, we had questions, but nobody in our generation were, was doing much answering to questions. It was pretty interesting. That's why you, we had all the issues on the college campuses. That we had the issues of Vietnam, and we had, we had a lot of crazy stuff going on. We had a lot of people growing up that said, hey, man, why? And there weren't a lot of why. Uh, there weren't a lot of men and women standing up and saying, well, I'll tell you why. The why is Jesus Christ. Well, Young Life and Crusade and a few others were doing that, probably more vocally than, than maybe even the local church at the time. So these young men and women who knew Christ were coming into our high schools and into our colleges and sharing Christ with us. And uh, I challenged it at first, and then, you know, I, I saw a difference in their life that was so attractive that I started exploring it. And then I started exploring the, all this stuff that I'd always, always heard when I went to church, when we went to church. And I only found out it to be true, and it all based on the risen Christ, but what was interesting about when I came to faith on January 17th, uh, 1970, the first thing that happened was that I had an, an older guy that was working in Young Life who just gently said, man, that is terrific. He handed me a copy of the scriptures. He says, I'll pick you up Saturday morning. And what I learned is that people who knew Christ, I mean, to me, it was night and day. People who really knew Jesus as their Savior studied his word. That's how we got to know him. Well, I think that's why I never knew, I never knew anybody that ever looked at a Bible. They exposed me to the scriptures very gently. said, hey, come on, let's learn about this Jesus that you say you want to follow. And I started reading the scriptures, and they gave me a good news for modern man. I don't even know that they published that anymore. Are any of you guys old enough to even remember when that was out? I hear a couple of giggles and stuff. Doug, you do, I'm sure, because you're almost as old as me. Not quite, but you keep working on it. You're chasing me. Uh, 
But anyway, it was a paperback of Bible, and, and, and I started reading that thing, and I, I just didn't put it down. I think I read through the New Testament probably three or four times uh, before that school year was out. And that's in the midst of finishing up basketball season and baseball season. And, and I, I mean, it had just captured my heart. And I had just one guy on Young Life, he wasn't on staff, he was just helping with our high school. But he made sure that every Saturday morning he'd come by and he'd pick me up and he took me to Bible study. And, and I realized what was, being, what was taking place is I had, had an older friend, I had a Paul, who was investing in me. And there was no whip, there was no, hey, you're not a Christian if you don't do this. It was just saying, hey, it's exciting. If you want to follow Christ, let's, let's get to know him through his revealed uh, word. And so we did that. You know, and I'm looking at Scotty over there. It was the same thing when he was in high school. We were, had the privilege of doing a young life and, and how Larry, you know, built into your life and loved on you and you're here today. The, one of the, the key elements, and we didn't even know it except that we knew that it was the way it was done. You didn't call yourself a Christian without getting in his word. And the way we got in his word is that somebody took responsibility for you to make sure you got in it. And so we took this journey and... Uh, I was really excited, and then his mentor poured it into me, so I had a couple of guys pouring into me, and that's, that, became, that became the model of Christianity for me. I didn't even know the church was supposed to do any of this stuff, but I did know that older Christians were supposed to bring the younger Christians along, and with the same passion, instead of saying, hey, if you do this, you'll look Christian. No, they said, if you do this, you'll come alive. They got me so excited about the scriptures that when I went off to college, my direction changed. Nobody put a whip on me. Nobody said, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. It was the word of God that kept informing me of saying, man, that's what I want to do. So I started lead, helping start Young Life Clubs, and then I started doing Young Life, and then thinking I was going to seminary, or going to, to law school because that's where the money was. You can understand where my mind was coming out of the 70s or into the 70s but God captured my heart and I said I mean you know I have no pedigree uh, I have no family that taught me this stuff I have I have no lineage of anybody knowing Jesus any place but everybody that was building into me every book I was reading everything kept pointing to this place Dow Seminary and I had no idea what that was I had, had no idea but I, I decided that's where I needed to go to school and so I got into school and went to, went to seminary. And all I've done for the last 45 years, Joe, is to try to emulate what was done for me in the first five. That's awesome. So as you were, you know, it sounds like really fortunate to get poured into and disciple at a young age. Are, are there any men that, that stand out to you just that you've been really encouraged in seeing God move in their life as, as you have then faithfully poured into them? So you've heard about you being, you know, discipled. And then what about how have you been encouraged as, as you've discipled others? Um, that's, that's a great question, and to, to, to respond to that without, with, and wanting to be heard in the spirit which my heart's intended, I'm just glad I got in the way. I've never thought of myself as any kind of rock star, discipler, Christian leader. I did, I'm kind of a Forrest Gump of the last 45 years. I just keep getting in God's way and get to be used. It was fun to be a part of uh, starting Young Life out in Garland and literally scores, hundreds, thousands of kids came to know Christ. 
And many of them are walking and serving around the world. I remember one of my first kids that I started pouring into. Those of you who have been to the San Jose area, <clears throat> Steve Clifford broke my heart. I mean, here's a kid who came with no, no dad, uh, government housing, excellent athlete, just fun kid. We bought him a guitar. He learned, to, he taught himself guitar, and then he started doing music for me, and then, um, then he started doing all kinds of, I mean, he just started growing in Christ. Uh, it was just really fun pouring into him. He coached, and then he was with Chip Ingram with a church out in, in Kaufman, and then went to California. Now he's leading this stupid big church out in uh, San Jose. And here's a kid that uh, should be in prison. Uh, but God got him, and, and it wasn't just my investment in his life. But, you know, Chip came along, and, and that's what you find, guys. When you get in a routine, you don't want to go through life without somebody there. The, the sorriest part in my life right now is I've got to go find D. Elliott to find somebody that's a few months older than me. Uh, sorry, D. It was a cheap shot, but it's true. You know, so I sit with D, and uh, D, D knows. D knows some of my journey. He knows that I used to teach Bible study with guys 20 years my senior. And those guys said I was leading the Bible study, and that was such a big joke. I just wanted to be around men who had scars, who loved Jesus, were still in the fight, were stayed daily in his word. I said, you cannot be around those guys enough. Every man who walks with Christ, who, who's fighting the good fight, who's making mistakes and crawling back on the horse and claiming God's grace and looking forward to the day he returns, that's a guy worth hanging around. That's a guy that keeps me going. Um... I'm veering from Joe's question, I go back to it. It's really fun. I, there's, there is I, the privilege of looking back over 45 years and being in the way is really wonderful. There is a host of fellas and gals out there that are doing ministry today and are making a huge impact. But the, the part that, that has kept me going for 45 years is God keeps putting people in my life that I get to uh, keep looking up to, keep being sharpened by. It's a lot easier being a younger man, finding guys who are a little bit older, not necessarily willing, because you guys don't think you have as much to offer as you do, and you do, uh, and spending time with younger guys. But I was always finding somebody. I had those young life guys, and then when I was in seminary, I had a couple of profs that, that uh, I just couldn't get enough time with. Um, and, and the journey, and then I had my George Grogan's and... D's and, and a few other guys that God brought into my life over the years. And then to realize I woke up one day and I had to put on big boy pants and I was that guy. And so uh, we've continued to do that. So this phase of my life, I surround myself more with bucket heads my own age that are running hard. So the discipling goes on. Uh, even though it maybe changes a little bit in the chronological age thing. But uh, just because I'm 63 now doesn't mean that I stop getting, you know, Bill Ashball to, uh, to uh, build into my life, to, you know, to be around guys that are like me, running hard after the goal. Um, but you look back, the, the privilege of the 45 years, Joe, is this. It's, you know, I mentioned Steve out in San Jose, but they're, they're just a, they're a ton of good guys. The people that um, 
I got to disciple the young man that discipled Matt Chandler, uh, and his fingerprints are, are, are all over the village. Well, you know who else's fingerprints are all over the village? Watermarks. You know why Watermark's fingerprints are all over them? Because the people that impacted them were Watermark guys. The, the handful of us that were around, uh, you know, Blake was up here, but his daddy was around on day one, and one of the visionaries that started the church with Todd and all that. And they were all young life guys that were discipled by people who understood that you don't take the journey alone. You know, the most unsuccessful believer I know is the isolated believer. The weakest seasons in my life are the times that I didn't have anybody building into my life or people I wasn't building into. When I got real busy in business and started thinking, hey, I have, I got this phase of my life now. Well, this phase of my life was my most unproductive phase in my 45-year journey with Christ. So the privilege of looking back and looking over your shoulder, you know, maybe someday I get to look over and See you and Blake and Brandon and the rest of you bucket heads running hard. You know, I build into these guys because they're the ones that are going to be taking care of me in 15 years. I'm a little fool. Oh, man, I lead summit groups because I'm building into these guys because these are the ones that are going to be leading me down the hall and, you know, helping me into the restroom and, you know, and making sure I get the, the parking spots with the blue markings on them. I ain't no fool. Those are the guys that are going to be taking care of me. I'm nice to John Abel so that he will, you know, use the words and put them out big in front of me because when we sing. Um, but that's the privilege. I think, gentlemen, we have a privilege. That, I'm speaking to, to my contemporaries now. We have a privilege to pass on what God has given us, both the dumb things we've done and the victories that we've seen Christ win. It's the tapestry that God's been building in our life that we use and we take and we mold and if we can prevent somebody else from being stupid like us, and you're sitting back and not doing it, shame on you. But the same token, if you can share somebody with it, the key to your happiness was the obedience in Christ and the way you've loved your spouse and the way you've learned to re- resolve conflict, and you're not telling a young guy, you're missing your chance. Your legacy has so much to do with teaching young believers what God has taught you. And so it's a great privilege. I'm tickled. That, and you'd figure it because that's the way a lot of things, because we get a little bit older and we go, hey, that's a good idea, but who's got the energy to start another program? Who's, who wants to push that wagon over the hill? My Joes and Blakes and Brandons and the, and the, and the team that loves on so many of those single guys there in our community group. So, you know, I don't know what else I can make sure you have any questions for me? That's, no, that's great. Thank you. And so, Would you like me to go away now? I mean, you, you, That's what happens to us, guys. That's the other part. Hey, that's clear, the reality. I'll, I'll help you find a parking spot 10 Thank years you. from now, but I'm not taking you to the restroom. <laughs> I love you, but not that much. Any volunteers? <laughs> and so, guys, uh, you, you what's get... next? So, yeah, thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Yeah, give it up for Scott Coy.
And so, so we'd love to, to leave you with just a hard ask, and that is to, to sign up, to, to be and make disciples with us through, through this platform, through connecting younger and older men. And so the way that's, that's going to work, the way we've laid it out, is we've got a, a link with a, a registration link that we're going to email out to you later this morning, I think even maybe during summit or just right after summit, where you can sign up, fill out just a one-page application, and then come Thursday, December 10th, will be kind of our kickoff for this. We'll be matching up the, the younger and the older men, and we're, and we're going to give you some, some tracks to run on, some curriculum suggestions, things you could do, what the time could look like, what the commitment will look like. And so if any of you are out there saying, man, I'd love to, to make disciples, but I don't know how, man, we'll do everything we can to help you and, and take away any and all excuses uh, that might be out there. And so, but we would, we'd like, we'd like for every single one of you men to, to sign up. And, and if not, that's okay, but, but have a, have a reason and, and hopefully have a really good discussion after this with your groups of, man, I'm already being a make, making disciples and here's how. And I, and I just don't see the margin to do it further. Uh, but maybe, maybe you're working too much or maybe you're too busy or maybe you're investing your time into other things of the world. And we'd love for this, this last week of summit, as you guys have gotten to know each other for eight weeks now, to be able to speak into each other's lives and, and have the freedom to, to have that platform to talk about, hey, why or why not, uh, as it relates to just that, that main question, hey, how are you being and making disciples? And so, um, so yeah, we do. We've got some discussion questions for you uh, to talk about during your small group time that we'd love for you guys to go over. Uh, Blake, Brandon, and I are going to hang out if you've got questions for us. But um, yeah, there, there will be a, a link emailed out to you. Uh, for now, that's going to have all the information on there. And then, yeah, Thursday, December 10th, we're going to have a, another uh, morning to, to kick this off. And uh, and hopefully just have hundreds of men come to sign up to be and to make disciples. So, Bobby, come on. Uh, anything else? Uh, great job, Boyd. Appreciate you. Scott Coy, thanks a lot. Thanks for not calling me out as being older than you. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, l- let me close with a couple more thank yous. And first to um, the summit leaders sitting out here. Guys, you guys are the ones that make summit go. And then finally to everyone else who's sitting here for investing your time in Summit this year. Summit will be back in uh, the spring. We'll start up on February the 18th. We're going to do the Gospel of Mark. It's going to be really fun. And along with it, we're going to be reading Tim Keller's book, uh, Jesus the King, which is a great read. So put that on your calendar for next time. Remember, the big ask is gone, but hey, as you're sitting here, you may be saying, I need to be a disciple. And so we're saying to you, okay, come on. Or you may be sitting there saying, well, I don't know if I can do that. If you've been hanging around Watermark for a while, if you've been doing Summit for a while, you are equipped to be able to take others and lead them to the point where you've reached. Okay, so come on and join us. I volunteered you guys because I know that you can do it. So uh, we're going to break up uh, into our groups. We've got a little treat for you out there on the way out. So grab uh, some of that goodness and uh, then look at those discussion questions as we talk about what does it mean to be and make disciples and how can we go about doing that. So thank you guys.